We're here with David Ward, the curator of The Mask of Lincoln, the exhibition opening up here at the National Portrait Gallery this weekend. First of all, what are your favorite objects in the exhibition? Warren, one of the great things about the Portrait Gallery is we have a really excellent selection, probably the best collection in the, in, in the United States of Lincoln images. My favorite image is the one that a lot of people will know, which is the crack plate photograph by Alexander Gardner, which was taken in, on February 21st, 1865. And in the course of removing the plate from the camera, Alexander Gardner cracked it. So it was in two pieces, and he created, he could only create one image from it. And it's really this wonderfully, wonderful evocative picture of Lincoln at the end of the war where he's tired, he's worn out, his, arms are de his eyes are deep-socketed, and he, yet he has this small smile on his face, which is, one, a smile of satisfaction, but it's also a mysterious smile. We never really know what Lincoln was thinking, and that, that's why I called the show The Mask of Lincoln. There are a lot of photographs, daguerreotypes, these images of Lincoln, live images that are, that are non-painted non objects, real images of Lincoln. How many objects do we have in this exhibition? There are 32 pictures in the, 32 portraits of Lincoln in the exhibition. Uh, the majority of them are daguerreotypes, photographs as we know them now. There's several drawings, a printed document, one oil painting, actually a miniature. Um, the, the, the Lincoln came of political age at the, in the era of photography, with pho photography becoming a popular and inexpensive democratic art. And he realized early on that it was possible to use photography for political purposes as well as personal purposes, not just to reveal a likeness to your loved ones or to a small group of people, but it was a way of commanding political power by disseminating your image in carte de visites and other um, larger pictures, such as the crack plate that I just mentioned, larger image of yourself, essentially billboarding your political brand. He played to the greatest and newest medium of his age. Exactly. Um, Lincoln loved technology, and that way he was sort of quintessentially American. He was a working man. He, he, he worked with his hands and had a fascination with technology. He's the only president ever to have received a patent for one of his inventions. During the Civil War, he was intimately involved with the development of new technology, in, whether it's in rifles, balloon surveillance, and, and, and telegraphic um, communication. And he technically was very interested in photography. Um, he was having his he had his picture taken a lot from the photographers who um, lived and worked just down the street, actually from the National Portrait Gallery. Um, he would he would drop in and have his pictures take his picture taken by Gardner or Brady or one of the others. Um, and this was a commercial transaction for the photographers. Lincoln wouldn't have to pay for the pictures, but they would then sell images um, that they would display to the public. And Lincoln was Lincoln was very involved in again, disseminating his image throughout the course of his political career. With respect to inventions, I think I read somewhere he used to try out the new rifles as they rolled off the, the line. Is that right? I'm not sure whether he actually tried them out, but I know that he was very involved in, in, in technological progress, um, uh, particularly with the development of new forms of cannon, um, he was he was very interested in the development of the ironclads, the mo the, the monitor and the Merrimack, um, the use of steel-clad um, um, ships, the steam power, and all the rest of it. Um, and of course, he spent so much time in the telegraph office following the the news of the war that he became interested in new forms, new means of of mass communication or, or mass communication over wide areas, such as the telegraph. Um, he would have, of course, loved the telephone. 
What are a couple of your favorite highlights other than the cracked plate by Alexander Gardner? One of the pictures that I like, because it's, it's unfamiliar both to me, when I put together the show, I wasn't aware of it. I am a scholar of the 19th century, but I, and, I, and I've always admired and followed Lincoln's career, but I didn't have a great knowledge of the visual resources that surrounded his life. And there's a wonderful small image in it, taken in 1857 by a, a photographer named Alexander Hessler. Um, and it's tiny. It's about the size of, some, of, of a man's thumb. And what it was was that you would, you would, you would take that small image and cut it out and put it in a, in a brooch or a pin and make a political statement out of that photograph. But what I like about the image itself is that it shows Lincoln not as we usually think of him, which is bearded and grave, engrossed almost tragically in the events of the tragic war between the states, but it shows the young Lincoln on the rise in 1857, a decade after his one, one term in the U.S. House of Representatives, about to run for the Senate against Stephen A. Douglas, his great rival. And it shows him with aquiline features. He's fresh-faced. He doesn't have the beard yet. Um, his hair is tousled and almost romantic. And it really gives us another look at Lincoln, um, the, the kind of what, what Walt Whitman saw as the kind of new man, the new American from the great area, the open, the open spaces of the Plain States, the open, man in the open air, as it's been called. And it really is Lincoln kind of epitomizing the freshness of a new generation of Americans and a new generation of politicians. I guess it's no coincidence you mentioned Walt Whitman. Your first One Life show was the Walt Whitman show in the gallery when NPG reopened in 2006. There's a big connection between Whitman and Lincoln. There, there is an incredible bond between Whitman and Lincoln. The rumor has it that Whitman's poems were not well circulated, but nonetheless, the rumor has it, I think it's pretty solid, that Lincoln, when he was practicing law in the late 1850s, read Whitman. His law partner was a bibliophile and collected poetry in particular. And, and you can see similarity of cadences in their speaking habit, the speaking voice of, of, of uh, Lincoln and the written word of Walt Whitman. Um, and Whitman, of course, is the great poet of American democracy, the great poet of the American Union. And so there's an ideological as well as a literary kinship between the two of them. And Whitman observed Lincoln's career very closely. They never met, which is ironic. Whitman had the opportunity to meet Lincoln several times and always declined for reasons that I'm not quite sure about. Um, but there, there was this, this sympathy between them with, Link, with Whitman providing the poetry of, a, of the Union, the, the, the the, the, the vast sweep of the American Republic, the vast sweep of its people, the variety of its people, and all the rest of it. And he was very much interested in the way in which the West would reinvigorate and in some, place, some ways reform what, he's, what an America which had sunk into some form of immorality almost with the, with the triumph of the slave power, the element of secession, that it would have to be a man from, a West, from the West, a new man who would save the Union. Um, and, and, and that he foretold that in many ways in some of his writing, and Lincoln came to embody that for him. And you're, you're very happy with the way this show has turned out. I think the show has turned out great. As, we, as you know, it's the 200th anniversary of Lincoln's birth, and there's a lot of contending Lincoln shows. And we realized early on that we weren't going to be able to do a Lincoln in his Life and Times exhibition, that, that there was the demand for objects was too great and the number of objects was too scarce. So what I tried to do in this with the cooperation of the designers and the other curators is put together a show that focused on our holdings. And we, as I've said earlier, are blessed really um, through a variety of circumstances to have a great um, collection of Lincoln images. Um, 
primarily photographs, but other images as well. And it really captures the, the evolution of his life, the evolution of his uh, biography and political career, as well as the changes in his physiognomy. Um, when I say mask of Lincoln, I sometimes mean that just literally, that how did his face change? And, and, and amazingly enough, we have two life masks in the exhibition that were taken, one in 1861 and one in 1865, which show how the, how the time etched itself on his face. The 1861 mask, is this an optical illusion or did President Lincoln have a really big head? I think he did have a very big head. I think both metaphorically and physically, although I don't know that it was ever measured, I think it was measured after he, at some point during his, his, his life. He was, as you know, a very large, elongated man. He was six foot four, weighed about 180. He had very long arms. Um, he had a high cranium, which was emphasized by his swept back hair. Um, as his hair thinned, of course, his, cra his forehead and cranium became more and more prominent. And we, Lincoln was very, very strong. It, one of the things in, in terms of political charisma in the 19th century in a very masculine society, of course, only men could vote. They might be influenced by women and their wives, but only men could vote. And it was very important that you be able to compete in the kind of rough and tumble of, uh, of male banter and, and, and male competition. And Lincoln was able to do that. Um, and so you have this marriage between Lincoln's physique, which although it looks slight and ungainly, was very strong and powerful. And then, the, as you've emphasized, the size of his head, his cranium, the kind of the image of him as a deep thinker, as somebody who was sage, wise, intellectual, though self-taught, incredibly learned in, in all in all areas, um, and Lincoln really marries that sense of political presence through his physique, the raw-boned Westerner, as it were, but also the thoughtfulness of of the of the uh, of the thinking man with his high forehead. The Mask of Lincoln opens tomorrow, November the seventh, two thousand eight, and runs until uh, July fifth, two thousand two thousand nine. Uh, we'll close the day after. Um, Independence Day, also the day after Lee retreated from Gettysburg in defeat.